Sage, how are you doing? I am great. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing well, and uh, I'm very glad that you uh, were agreeable to come in and have this interview. Yep. Are you nervous? Uh, always a little bit nervous. There is nothing to be nervous of, I promise. Uh, it will be painless. I will not ask any hard questions, and there will be nothing at all that could potentially be embarrassing or... Um, incriminating through the course of this interview. Mm, that's that's you're going to be missing out on a lot of good info then. Tell me, go now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need all the all the deets. Okay. So no, uh, no, we will get into incriminating inf okay. uh, information. So everybody that just tuned me out or was just about to tune me out, mm -hmm. don't because we're going to get the goods uh, on Sage. A lot of you do know Sage already. I'm sure uh, that are listening. She's uh, been in recruiting for. Um, uh, what is it? Been a little over a year, right? Yeah. yeah. A little over a year. Uh, we, um, in marketing, were fortunate enough to be able to kind of uh, steal her away from mm -hmm. recruiting, and she is now uh, transitioning into the marketing department. So she is one of our new uh, marketing um, specialists. We're still working on all the details of the position and everything, but she's going to be uh, a big asset, I think, to us uh, with a lot of the creativity and uh, thinking that she brings yeah. uh, to the team. So I'm excited to have you in the team awesome. of, of marketing, Sage. Uh, so let's talk a little bit uh, real quick. I think some people will probably be interested to just know a little bit of your backstory and sure. and coming into to Newsbomb now. Um, Previously, prior to working here, uh -huh. uh, you um, you weren't straight out of college. Were you coming into here? No. So I went to ISU, and right after I graduated ISU, I went to a discipleship training school. It's called Youth with a Mission. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially, it was to know God and to make Him known. So for three months, I uh, kind of did a lecture phase, and then for three months, I did an outreach. So I uh, trekked in Nepal for three months. Each week we'd go to a different village and I got to know the Himalaya mountains. That sounds really cool. That's probably a cooler location than just about any place I've ever been. Mm -hmm. So instantly um, I'm jealous because yeah. you're way cooler than I am. Wow. Um, well, you'd only get two outfits. <laughs> um, you would have to bring your own toilet paper. Um, okay. And um, if you didn't have toilet paper, the Nepalis use their left hand. Um, so they shake with the right. Or yes. <laughs> they with serve the right. you with your right and shake with their right. And they do other things with their left. So. I, I see. Um, we're getting into the embarrassing and incriminating very quickly here. Yes. <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't ask, but I feel like I have to. Did you ever run out of the toilet paper? Oh, I, uh, that part I just don't want to say. So. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. moving on. No, actually, so uh, what all did you do there in Nepal then? Yeah, so um, it's actually illegal to proselytize. Maybe I'm saying that word right. Maybe I'm not. What's it mean? Uh, you can't go there with the intention to convert. So what we did was we met with um, essentially like elders, and they were our um, translators. So we went to their villages and we encouraged their local churches to share with their community. Um, so we'd have like house fellowship where we gave testimonies, sang songs, um, you know, shared the gospel. And then their Hindu neighbors would come because, well, we were white people in the midst of 
chocolate colored people. I don't know. <laughs> so they were really you stood interested. out probably, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, each week we'd go to a different village and um, share our our faith with the Christians that were already there and encourage them. And then um, the neighbors would come because they were very interested. What was the culture like there? Uh, everything was so bright and colorful. The people, um, it, it was. There's just like goats and animals and all sorts of things wherever you go. Cows are holy, so cows would actually be like walking around the cities. And they would, like, essentially own the place. Mm -hmm. So cars would always be swerving, moving from them. But it was really odd to see monkeys like squirrels in Illinois. So, like, you'd be walking down the street and there'd just Uh be some monkeys. And I was like, wow, it kind of reminds me of our squirrels. A little different. Yeah. Did they ever come, like, actually up to you or anything? Um, I learned very quickly that you should not approach them because they don't like that. So, yeah. What do they do? Um, well, one definitely tried to jump on me when I got close to it, but it, I backed away. So, so you, you, you left unscathed yes. by the monkey. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. No. So, um, what, what was one of your biggest takeaways from that experience? Yeah. So going into that, I was very, I'd say zealous, um, for my faith because I didn't grow up in a Christian household. And so when I learned who Jesus was, um, I wanted to share him with with everyone. And so going into another country and um, our team kind of being focused on like the hardest, darkest places to reach and being submerged in a culture that just worship idols. I mean, there's a temple here, a temple there. Um, You would get in a taxi and they would have like a little temp, a little idol on their cab. And um I realized how like passionate I was to share, but then when I got there, I realized like this is like how are you supposed to share your faith when they are so submerged in their festivals, their their idols, their the tikka marks that they put on their their head, and um, God really opened up to me that um, they have tangible idols there, right. so you can go to the temples and you can and you can see the gods that they're worshiping. But in America, it's even more sneaky because our idols aren't as visible, but they're still there. Um, so God really revealed to me um, kind of the different things that I was worshiping in my life before him. And um, really, really grateful for that. Yeah. How long was that trip again? You said a couple weeks? Just three months. Three, three, three months, months in so Nepal. More than a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> three months. Um, and that was with uh, Youth with a Mission. That's why, otherwise known as YWAM, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and they do quite a bit. I've known different people. I've not been, I've not participated in YWAM before, but I've known uh, several people that yeah. have and uh, heard lots of good things about that. So, yeah. you know, if you've got, um, uh, it's really kind of student age, right? College yeah, age Yeah, there's some like families that will end up doing it with their children. Um, so it, it was meant for like youth but Mm -hmm. um all ages are invited and it's interdenominational so you don't have to just be one from one certain church um and it's really just to grow in understanding the character and nature of god and to learn how to um share that whether you're in like a grocery store uh, just out in the community Mm -hmm. in the workplace um so so we'll we'll plan to share some links in the show notes of this on the page and so anybody can go check out YWAM as well. So yeah. um so you did that. Um and then um I know you worked at 
uh, Young America yeah. Realty, which yeah. is a local. Uh, they're they're the big name in campus housing yeah. uh, around this area. Yep. So that is where um, the gospel was shared with me, and, and I laugh at it now because I had no idea what the word gospel meant before. Um, you know, they they told me go read the gospel, and I was like, what What do you mean by that? <laughs> or the gospels. Um, so yeah, the workplace was where the gospel was shared with me. So after I came back from YWAM, I just felt this like sh- beckoning to come back to a Christian workplace and to learn and to be surrounded by other believers. Yeah. So what what was your responsibility there at uh, Young America? Um, so I was a leasing agent. So I worked with um, college students and essentially helped them find their home. And you did. Uh, you had a degree in marketing, mm-hmm. um, but I know you've you've shared with me that you had become a little bit disenchanted with the traditional, the typical idea of marketing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was like my senior year of college when I like committed my life to Christ, and it was in the thick of you know like the heavy marketing classes, and. You know, I'm learning from my teachers that marketing essentially is just manipulation of trying to manipulate your audience to use your product. Or so I was learning about, you know, how Facebook was started or or Snapchat or Instagram, learning about these different social media forms and um, just the root of how they began. And it started to make me sick to think about, um, yeah, just what their purpose was initially intended for. Um, and so I, I didn't want to do anything with marketing because I didn't want to manipulate anybody. Yeah. And that is so much about what we're used to seeing in marketing. And we don't realize how much we're being marketed to. Yeah. Uh, like you're really constantly marketed to no matter where you are, what you're yeah. doing. There's always someone trying to sell you something, a message, an idea, a product, mm-hmm. a service, whatever the case may be. Um, and I'm sure they probably started going into like the psychology yeah. <clears throat> of this, like in, in, in that process and um, which can get really very deep, deep and dark even like it's, it's like you said, very manipulative. Yeah. And, and, I think we have a different approach mm-hmm. to marketing, and I, that's um, yes, we we are trying to sell a product, uh, yeah. and so there's certain traditional aspects of, yeah. of marketing that we use, and yeah. obviously you want to try to keep everything in the best light possible. Yeah. Um, but what about uh, coming into marketing here and doing this yeah. was appealing to you? Uh, it was so redeeming. Um, I mean, being here for a year. Um, when I when I first walked into Newsbaum and I saw the the mural on the wall that says, um, "Except the Lord build the house, the labors work in vain," um, it, it, that's what I kind of felt like with marketing of like, okay, I know that God is at the center of this. Um, I've been at this company for a year and I've gotten to hire drivers and I've gotten to have so much trust and confidence that they're walking into a good place. Um, they're going to be surrounded by people that love and care for them. Um, how could I not want to, uh, you know, invite more people into this because I know that God is at the center of it. Um, so I, I think that he's, he's building up this company. Mm-hmm. I've watched what he's done and, uh, it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. And you shared with me that that verse in particular that we have out on that mural wall, which, uh, for anybody not, um, 
familiar. There are what used to be our old main entrance, uh, which is a, in the operations building. Uh, on there, we have uh, a picture, a mural of our very first terminal in Fairbury, mm-hmm. uh, circa 1950-ish, 1952, something like that, I think. Um, but there's a, a handful of trucks there. Uh, there's the terminal. And so that's the first terminal that Newsbaum ever built and mm-hmm. had officially. And uh, down in the lower side, we have that verse yeah. uh, that says, except the Lord build the house. But you, you were telling me that that kind of meant something to you a little yeah. bit deeper. Yeah, it just resonated so deep. Um, so growing up, my dad um, owned his own construction company, and he used to lay out these blueprints of this, um, I'd call it a castle, like it was so big and beautiful to me. And so um, I remember for years, he just talked about this dream of, you know, we're going to build this ho- house from the ground up. And so he ended up buying um, land just down the street from where we were living. Like you could, it was two minutes away walking. And he knocked down that house and he built the castle. Um, and essentially at that same time, the housing market crashed. We owned two homes. He ran out of work and um, mm. we ended up losing the house to foreclosure. So because I didn't grow up in a household that knew who Christ was, um, you know, I thought God was a man in the sky that um, when it rained, he was sad or uh, when it stormed, he was angry. Um, mm. So I was very, very convicted by that verse because I know what it is to live with, with a life without Christ. With um, and, I, and I've seen what what happens when He's not at the center and when He's not in you know in the home and He's not in what you're doing, what your purpose is. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to just kind of point out here, like anytime I've done these exchanges and interview people, um, I've, I've talked with people that have pastored or taught and everything mm-hmm. in the past, but. Um, you have a very a, a greater openness mm. uh, about your your purpose. You know what, how you define yourself, where mm. you find your identity. Like I, I, I there's a, a much more willingness and openness to share yeah. your faith and why you're doing what you do and yeah. uh, your purpose. Um, so I find that refreshing for one. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't really have a question with that. It's just more of an observation and a, a just a, a kind of a comment about that. Yeah. that well, I'm my greatest reminder because uh, if someone didn't share their faith with me, especially in a work setting, like that was that was a big thing. Um, so I can only imagine how many more people are just around that that don't know what a, what the gospel means or mm-hmm. um, they don't have hope um or they just so yeah sometimes i feel a little uncomfortable and bold about it but i am my greatest reminder so and it's what i love so you what you love you talk about yeah yeah that's I and mean, that's absolutely true and i, I will say so i want to also again reiterate with our, our listeners and the audience here that newsbaum is a um we are a for-profit business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're employee-owned, but we are founded in biblical principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are—we would call ourselves a Christian company. Uh, we do uh, celebrate our faith mm-hmm. uh, and our and our beliefs. Um, that does not—I've I've listened to you on recruiting calls. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that anybody working here is a Christian or has to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it just means that this is how we operate. Yeah. Uh, this is what we believe in, and and we do use uh, biblical principles to guide yeah. our decisions and in, in how we kind of operate as a business. Um, but there is no uh, expectations yeah. uh, to uh, live a certain way or, or have certain belief yep. uh, structure or anything like that. We not tell anybody they've got to go to church or no. anything like that. Now. <laughs> For for anybody in here that is of of that faith, you know, mm-hmm. I think you would agree. Like your hope is that that might rub off on somebody else, or like you might be a testimony yeah. uh, to those individuals. But I, I do want to just reiterate that yeah. Um, yeah. that that's by no means. If you're listening to this right now, you, like we're not. There, there's no intention to shove anything down yeah. anybody's throat yeah. or anything like that. But um, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. What is your openness and willingness to have dialogue with an individual? So if somebody's like that, that really sounds interesting. Or you know, I'm, I'm, I have questions. I'm not sure or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I, can, can can somebody talk to oh, you directly? Of, of course. But I'd first like to say, so we are finite fallen people worshiping an infinite God. I, I am not going to have all the answers. Um, but uh, and I, I also would probably challenge you to to put in you know your own kind of um, prayer and research and reading. So I am I'm always happy to talk about the Lord and what He's doing and what He's done. Um, but yeah, we are finite people worshiping an infinite God, so won't always have all the answers. But I'd love to talk about Him. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think that's that's all you can yeah. do really uh, with that. And so, um, and also uh, we'll, we'll be hearing from uh, Jim Ravel, our chaplain in, in a couple weeks was as Easter comes up, he'll be sharing the story of Easter as well. Again, not trying to shove this down anybody's throats and you're not required to even listen or anything like that. But yeah. uh, you know, we do invite you yeah. to, to, to hear the story and, and yeah. you know, observe and, and see the, the, the life of individuals like like Sage here. So um, so recruiting. Mm-hmm. How 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 has that experience been for you? Yeah. That there's I I, I don't want to just interrupt you, but I, I, I have to imagine that your perspective on people as in general, as a population, has to be a little bit different after yeah. doing recruiting for a year. Well, I always try to imagine um, what they're doing, and you know, in a week they're on the road. Um, maybe they're talking to multiple different companies. Maybe they're um, treated as a number, not as a person. Um, maybe there's someone in their family that's sick. Maybe they're struggling with money. So, before I even get on the phone, you know, I'm I'm trying to saturate myself with that like gracious mentality of you don't know who who's on the other side of the phone or, or, or what they're going through. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some times where I spoke to people that, you know, treated me kind of degrading or, um, you know, saw that or could hear that I was just a young woman and, uh, don't know much about the equipment or this or that. So it was a humbling time. Um, but again, I, just wanted to be reminded each time I spoke to them, I, I, I don't know their story. I don't, I don't know what they went through that day. And um, also wanted to just, even if they weren't going to end up at Newsbaum, 
still give them like a flavor of who we are. Mm-hmm. I would say that, um, so as a recruiter, you are marketing, yeah. you're selling. Yeah. Uh, I would say that a lot of what we tend to try to sell on ultimately is the culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the thing that is going to be the most meaningful. You've 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 got pay, you've got miles, you've got uh, where you go, and and all that stuff. Those are the kind of objective mm-hmm. pieces. But the the people, the way you're treated, uh, how you're valued as part of the company, uh, those are the things that I th- I think set us up from others Un, in a way unfortunately yeah. uh, but and I and I don't want to just like toot our horn on that because we're not perfect in that yeah. sense there's we we fail on that plenty of times so you you know there's probably somebody sitting right right now that's like I, I just got a phone with a, you know one of my with my DM or somebody and it's like and it was a really bad experience and it's like yeah, yeah I, I you just failed me right then that may be the case sure. and, and it's gonna happen yeah uh, hopefully though we become better from that as well um but recruiting your is is such an interesting thing in this industry where jobs are available all over the place realistically uh you can go to almost any city any state and there's going to be jobs for truck drivers available yeah um so what How do you go about talking with a driver and finding out if they're fit to be here? Mm-hmm. And you know, for for mutually, right? That's yeah. it's a mutual thing. Yeah. So if it's good for them, but also good for us, what's that process kind of look like? What are some of the things that you're looking for indicators? Yeah, I think um, the first thing I look for is do they have like a reasonable attitude on the phone? Um, and I mean, also my first question is usually like, where do you live? <laughs> because we location, want to location is, out. <laughs> yeah. is important for, for us in particular. Out. Yeah. But actually a really special thing that has happened a few times is there has been people that have called and they, they know who we are. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of the roof where they say like, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And, um, so yeah, we've had a few people that, have not lived in our hiring areas and have picked up and moved just so they could be here. And that is such a testament of, of our culture that they see that as the greatest value and they're willing to pick up and, and to move to be a part of this, this team or this family. Um, so yeah, I look for like, are they reasonable? Um, do they listen or are they just kind of like unloading on me like the whole time? Um, but I don't know if that answers. So it, it, interesting there, the unloading on you, like makes me think scenario, a driver is maybe just had maybe a terrible week or maybe even just a day or bad hour. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I'm done with this company that I'm at. And so now I'm, I'm just, I'm going to start yeah. calling other people. And whether or not that they end up ever, you know, leaving that situation or whatever, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. but I'm, I imagine there's lots of different reasons people start calling. Yeah, it's kind of a cue for like a flight risk because if they're going to do that to 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 their company and talk to us when they're here, they could do the same thing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's some that little flight risk or red flags that you see 
um, where you know if they're if they're going to treat their current company in this way, it it might be that they're going to treat us right. that way too. Yeah. So relationships with those uh, individuals, yeah. you you start to develop at least a little bit of a rapport with them and yeah. uh, relationship. And obviously, you're the main person talking with them as they onboard and get into the company and, and get here to orientation. Uh, but it doesn't really just stop there, does it? No, no, it doesn't at all. Um, so they'll see us when they come in. Um, there's only like three or four recruiters, so they'll meet us. And um, we'll we'll do calls and check ins after they're here to see how they're go how they're doing and um, yeah like it's it's a continuous relationship. There's mm-hmm. drivers that are probably here for years that still talk with their recruiters yeah. and, and visit with them. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's that's really neat because uh, I know now that you're sitting over here next to yeah. us in marketing, yeah. uh, drivers come in and are looking directly for you. Now I'm used to when they come over there, they're usually looking for me. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, they're, it's split. Like they're going for you, yeah. uh, which is, is neat that they're, they, they've got that connection yeah. as well. Um, what was maybe one of your biggest surprises in, in recruiting? Anything that jumped out at you? Like I did not expect this. <laughs> to be so heartbroken when they don't show up. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it hurts. If you don't show up, at least tell us, like, at least give us the time of the day. Um, because, like, I have such a heart for the relationships that I'm building. Like, yeah, it's it's painful. Mm. Um, so that's – maybe it wasn't supposed to be a surprise, but it, it hurts. You, well, you – because you're talking to how many people, but a certain percentage of them do commit. Yeah. And then, you know, if you've been talking with them, you probably spent – I mean, on average, how much time have you probably spent talking with them over the phone? I mean, there's been some where it's like a few weeks and it's like maybe like six or seven hours before they get here. There's some that like they already did their research on Newsbomb. They know they want to be here. So maybe it's like 45 minutes to an hour. If you've spent hours with them and then all of a sudden they don't make it to orientation or whatever, I can see that being, I wouldn't have expected that either. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I could deal with that kind of heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, but, so yeah. Um, let's talk uh, some of your personal interests outside of work and, and everything. Uh, I, I remember we did a, a submit your hobby thing that, oh. that Paige had yeah. uh, put out for uh, a couple months ago. And I remember you had hammocking. And to me, now I'm, I'm thinking here as a sometimes couch potato type person, um, I'm thinking, man, that sounds like a hobby I could get behind because, like, how hard is that? Yeah. <laughs> get, yeah. get a hammock and go lay down. So, but t- what, what is that? Um, so it was something I learned when I went to uh, Youth with a Mission. I was in Yosemite, California, and I quickly learned from um, the community there that you need to always have a hammock on you, and you just all you need with that hammock is two trees. So um, I've, I've slept in Yosemite out in the wilderness in my hammock. I've uh, used it at parks. Of, I don't know. It's just so sweet. It's like a, a hanging tent or just like a hanging bed or a hanging chair. And I love being outside. Like I just love green. I love green trees, green grass. Um, so to be able just to kind of like post up wherever in nature and make a little like spot to – read or journal or write or people watch it's, it's perfect mm-hmm. 
where is the most unique or interesting place that you have hung your hammock? Um, okay, so I asked Brent Newsbaum if I was looking around one day, um, if there was anywhere around Newsbaum that I could hang the hammock. I got rejected here, but <laughs> I found I was like the only two places that would work is the flagpoles. <laughs> oh my, yeah. And <laughs> That would have been the most interesting place, but um, I'm glad he said no because I think it would have looked a little ridiculous. So, so we need what we need is to get our well. We need some trees to mature. Yeah, but I don't know if we have any close enough to each other. So, we I, I'm just going to do this. Um, hashtag. Let's see here. Hashtag hammock trees. Oh, for noose bomb. Okay. So hashtag hammock trees for noose bomb. And let's see if we can make this happen. So oh, that, so I so find that the Sage best spot. Can officially hammock <laughs> on the grounds out here? Maybe right, maybe not right next to the highway, but maybe get over this way. I mean, maybe just two trucks pulled up. Could, oh, <laughs> maybe we could make two trucks. Ooh, but sounds dangerous. We're going to work on this, um, and we will we'll film it and everything if we okay. make this happen. So hammock, yeah, hammocking at noose bomb. All right. And I would actually be interested if anybody else does this as well, because this isn't, I mean, I've seen people put hammocks up, but I didn't really realize this was kind of a thing, yeah. like a, like an actual sort of destination of sorts yeah. uh, to, to go do this. So I'd be interested to hear if anybody else has experienced this as well. But uh, I still have to get to Yosemite. So oh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. It kind of breaks your heart, though, because when you're driving through there, you see these patches of just burnt trees hmm. um so different fires that go you know on in california but so you drive through and you see like the patches of just all of the burnt ashes and trees and then you get to like this beautiful i don't uh half dome i used to call it god's toenail because i couldn't think of anything else that would have been like <laughs> maybe as large uh so if you've ever been to half tone it's actually god's toenail and um but yeah driving through there it, it's kind of a reminder of like yes we do live in a broken world and there is death and decay and destruction but then you see these like glimpse of what looks like like a glimpse of heaven like it is just beautiful there's waterfalls there's mountains there's these massive trees uh, you, you gotta go do you do any hiking or anything when you're out doing that as well yeah but it's like a whole nother level like what do you mean when it's you say it's a whole nother level like you can't go in with this like just I'm going to go hike up a waterfall today. Like, you got to be prepared. You need to be ready for it. You need to have, like, a willing and able attitude. And you need a lot of water. And you also need to be okay with going to the bathroom outside because it could happen. My boys would have absolutely no issue with that. Um, but that's a story for another day. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but – do you do this with, with groups of people, or do you go out? Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it by yourself. I mean, not solo, but, I mean, do you do it in larger groups, though? Yeah, I'd probably stick to, like, just, like, a family. Okay. Because, um, you know, you might get those, like, complainers in there every once in a while. So you need some people to hold them accountable, encourage them, push them through. So you don't <laughs> want too big of a group because some people might, like, not make it. Yeah. <laughs> so. So um, do you have any, like, 
quote unquote bucket list like locations that you want to get to, like where you would like to go hammock or just explore period? Uh, yeah, I mean, after I went to Nepal, I, I was like, what? There's like a whole world out here. Uh, <laughs> so that really like opened up my desire to, to go to more places. And um, I'd, I'd love to do another just like short term uh mission trip or just intention to go someplace and serve uh because you end up going there with the intention of like oh i'm gonna love other people and help them but instead they actually just like swarm around and engulf you so uh i would love to i don't know visit uh africa or like haiti or africa's a big place yeah i i need more specific than that uh, (laughs) uganda um. Yeah, I I don't know. I honestly, I just to. just I think anywhere you go that's new, yeah, is going to be neat. I mean, that's been my experience anyway. Like I, even the flat plains of you know the Midwest and everything. Like if it's yeah. new, like it's still got a certain interest now. I mean, it hold interest for a yeah. long time, but uh, but there's something to be appreciated just about anywhere you go. Yeah. And so some of it's just going in with the right attitude, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I want to ask some other semi-random questions. Okay. Um, so first, I'm going to ask: Are you a morning person? Oh yes, 100%. I there's nothing greater than seeing the sunrise. And you need to, like, get ready and, like, be prepared and ready to go before the sun rises. So um, I love it because I kind of feel like I'm like, ha, 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 I beat everybody. I'm up before them. Like, it's quiet. Um, so I'm always early to arrive and early to leave uh, places. And same thing with my, like, waking up and going to bed routine. Do you require coffee then in the morning? Um, I used to, but lately it's... It's way more manageable. I tried asking you this question in person the other day, and I'm not sure I got a good answer out of you. So now that you've had some time to think about it, if you could pick a meal to have this evening um, for dinner, what are, what are you going to have? So I actually have it for lunch. Okay. Um, this is a panini, and uh, it has a red pepper jelly, green apples and um there's like really good turkey breast and um i'm not a big cheese person but when it's melted it's okay and then harvati cheese and there's just something about it that is so good so and then grapes because grapes kind of are like a palate cleanser not bad i my wife brought home grapes um Last night she made a quick run to Aldi, mm. um, a big a big bunch. Like we're not talking like a small amount. Like there was a yeah. bunch of grapes, um, and she we had some cheese and crackers and stuff. She pulled some for herself, and then I swear within like five minutes, all of the grapes were completely gone. I had two grapes to myself. The kids had just devoured oh my. them. There's no shame in eating grapes, though. There's just <laughs> red or green. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I don't like these questions. There's like a, and it's not red. It's purple, actually. Purple is the answer. Doesn't it say red on the package? There's different shades. <laughs> so, but purple is 
is where you're going I with this so. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Coke or diet? None. 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 Um, carbonated water? Yes. And kombucha. If anybody knows what that is, it's really strange, but it's very good for you. I don't know what it is. I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But kombucha. Yep. Does it taste good? To me, yes. To other people, no. It, is, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it tastes good. I it's mean, essentially it's, like this strange <clears throat> fermented tea that's like vinegary. Ocean or mountains? Oh, both. Because I know in California that's a thing. Kind of. That was a cop-out answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. What else can I come up with? Um Hmm. I'm learning to play the piano right now. Piano. I love the piano. How's that going? Well, my teacher essentially teaches second grade students, and so it's going very well. So you're basically a second grade student. Yes. Learning the piano. Yes. Uh, can you play any songs? Um, I'm learning Jingle Bells and Jesus Loves Me right now. You know, if I had my phone in here, I, or I think I would be able to pull up a little app and, yeah. and have you grace us with your... At lunch, I'm going to be looking at flashcards to memorize notes. But okay. I just want to encourage, you know, people, you don't have to be a child to learn how to play an instrument or how to swim or any sort of little hobby. You can be a grown adult, and there's no shame. Yeah. I, speaking of swim, like, my kids have been doing swim, but I, I've seen adults getting in um, for private lessons because there's maybe a fear of the water or something, and they're yeah. going through that. So, And I, I have a lot of respect for people doing that. Because they, for whatever, I don't know what the reasons are, but I think that's great that they're they're putting themselves out there like that. Yeah. Um, any like musical background at all for you or? Um, no, but like as a child, I would always belt out and sing in the car, and frequently my brother would be like, "Please stop that." <laughs> uh, so, older brother. Older brother, yeah, yeah, and my mom would defend me. I happen to think I have like an okay voice. As a child, I think it was it was better, but um, oh no, I'm not singing right you're now. Not singing for us? <laughs> no. Nothing. Uh, Man, I was really hoping. No. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here and make it awkward until you do. Oh, I can't do that. Uh, I almost did, but no, I won't. <laughs> that means there's still a chance. <laughs> uh, is there like a ending song? Would that end the end the time? An ending song. Um, Hmm. I, you know what? So here, I do remember um, that there was this point uh, during Driver Appreciation Week that we made up a song, or I made up a song, because oh. you made me do it, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so I sang not well. Uh, it's just scary because, like, I want to try to sing good, but then if I try to sing good and it sounds bad, that's going to make me feel very insecure. So if you do it, though, we, we will... Ask everybody to have words of encouragement okay. and support for you. And this is the terminal exchange. <laughs> what more could you ask for there? That's that's about it. I told you there was not going to be anything embarrassing <laughs> no, no. at all about about coming in here. You're never going to want to do this again. Uh, no, <laughs> it got a hundred degrees hotter. <laughs> um, that was worth the price of admission. Um, and thank you very much. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know how to follow up that, but uh, anything you would like to share with with people uh, about yourself, otherwise um, lessons, uh, wisdom learned. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like a pretty whimsical person. I I like trying new things and um, including singing on a podcast. Yeah. Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is such a joy to work here. Um, it's been a challenging year this past year for me, and uh, there wasn't a day that I didn't come to work and felt um, just absolutely loved and adored and um, just poured into by the people around me. Um, it is just so nice to walk into an office where um, people care about you and um, want to know you, and um, I love Newsbomb, uh, so I'm just, just so happy to be here. That's awesome. Well, we're happy you're here. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And I apologize a little for some of the extra awkwardness. But Yeah, it happens. I'm glad you uh, sang for us and we'll maybe bring you back. We'll Maybe we'll write a custom song okay. for Terminal Exchange that you can record. If that's record. what, you know, people If the want. people want it, they will ask <laughs> for it, right? So um, thank you again. And uh, before you go... Um, I know you like journaling and, and all of this and everything. Uh, so I do have um, something that I would like to uh, gift you uh, with. A uh, little thanks for being on the show. Uh, you <laughs> are purpose-driven, uh, employee-owned purpose-driven yeah. journal book. Uh, you can write whatever you want in there, okay. all of your Maybe notes. I'll write a song. Um, I will be looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Sage, thank you so much for uh, being here. Thanks. And it's been a pleasure to have you. And it's I'm, I'm really excited to continue working with you as well. So um, stop by over here in marketing. It's Sage's new location. We've got Sage and Paige over here. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by, say hi. And um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. So right. that's it for this episode of Terminal Exchange. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you all later. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.